Overcoming labels. There isn't a day goes by that we don't read labels. We read them on milk cartons we buy to ensure we buy the brand and type we want. We read it on the clothes we purchase to make sure it signifies the quality and price we wish to pay. We even read it on the programming we choose to watch, deciding if it is viewer-friendly ratings or not. Unfortunately, our labeling doesn't stop there. Likely, we go into labeling mode when we meet someone for the first time, or they say something that strikes a sour note to us, or they wear a tire that suggests a particular personality or attitude. Sadly, we're so ingrained to label others that it can make or break friendships and workplace environments. What's worse is that we come to realize that others are going through the same process of assessment of us, and we can sense, and sense it in their tone of voice and behavior. This becomes even more debilitating when we find ourselves accepting those labels and pinning them to our present and future potential for change and success. That's what we're going to look at today, overcoming labels. And it begins with the phrase that rumbled around in my head, don't let me be who I think I am, but who you, God, want me to be. I still remember an encounter I had at an international conference I attended a few years ago. During our initial session, I met an attendee who began to share a usual friendly background of questions with me. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you teach? When I explained that I was from South Africa, the woman asked the natural question, how did you come to travel there from the United States? In complete innocence and honesty, I explained that my husband and I were missionaries before I started to teach at the university. A second later, I looked around and the woman was nowhere to be found. The word missionary had chased her away and I never saw her again throughout the entire conference. Clearly, that turned labeled me as a dowdy fanatic and she wanted to get as far away from me as possible. As expected, I've chosen my words much more carefully now because I haven't wanted to cut off a conversation that had potential in Jesus. How many people have labeled you over the years? Perhaps some of them have been positive, like warm and kind, thoughtful and caring, intelligent and intuitive. And we wear those labels confidently, <laughs> but some of them aren't. They was appear as loud or selfish or ugly or false or fake. Those labels may feel just as noticeable and can cause us to stumble or shy away from close contact. As a little girl, I loved to eat and the results were clearly visible. I was a plump child and I often heard myself labeled as fat. I worked at changing that throughout my adolescence and through diet and exercise I did. However, in my mind, the label fat was still something pinned to my forehead and ingrained in my mind. So it didn't matter what the scale said, I was still a fatty. It's taken decades to change that internal perspective of myself. What labels have you accepted? What tags do you carry that others have attached to you over the years? Research shows that if a person believes those labels, that they will increase that behavior or attitude. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Thus, labels act as a powerful motivator. In the same way, negative labels are just as self-fulfilling and people tend to reinforce those negative perceptions by their actions. 
Yet those actions and those labels contribute to depression and anxiety. One author wrote, where the label came from, whether from society or self, it doesn't matter. If we adopt, reinforce, or feed the labels in our minds, we give it power over us. This is certainly seen in the lives of Saul and David. Initially, Saul appreciated David, considering him a brave, loyal warrior in his slaying of Goliath and a soothing servant when he played the harp. However, when others began to label David as the better warrior, Saul's jealous rage changed that label to traitor, and he tried numerous times to kill David. Tragically, Saul's new label for David affected all those around him. When Jonathan tried to talk sense to his father, Saul labeled his own son a stupid son of a whore and tried to kill him. He, even Abimelech, the priest, believing the earlier label Saul attached to David as faithful servant, son-in-law, captain of your bodyguard, higher, highly honored member of your household, was murdered for not knowing that Saul now labeled David a terrorist. Even his own brothers at one time labeled him prideful and deceitful. That's a lot to overcome. Yet despite these labels and numerous attempts on his life, David remained a man after God's own heart. For David labeled himself as a man of loyalty and humility, a man who trusted God. He was aware that Saul's son Jonathan labeled him a great friend and that Abigail, who would become his wife, labeled him faithful and blameless, a man under God's protection and the next leader of Israel. History labeled David as just and an equitable leader over his people, even a shepherd of the people of Israel. But the most important labels of all about David came from God, who did say he was a man after his own heart, was better than Saul, a man of inner integrity and his anointed one. God knew him as a man who, despite his flaws, praised him throughout his life as evidenced by his composition of over 70 psalms, like Psalm 130 or Psalm 34, where he said, I will praise the Lord at all times. I will constantly speak his praises. Or Psalm 48, how great is the Lord, how deserving of praise. Further, David labeled God as a trustworthy protector, as we see in Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and salvation. Why am I afraid? And he surrendered his hands into faithful God's hands. Oh, Lord, I give my life to you. I trust you, my God. Let's consider this application to our own lives. Can you name any positive labels that others have attached to you? And how have those labels affected the way that you live and work? How have they affected your relationships and vision for your future? Similarly, are there negative labels that you can identify? And have those labels somehow limited your capacity to see your potential, to envision how God sees you and his plans for your life? Thirdly, what labels have you attached to yourself? Are they the ones that you repeat over and over again about yourself, even though you aren't that person anymore? Was it just a one-time event or decision that ended badly and now you label yourself as a failure? What we want to remember is how God labels us. Although we may give the facts about our life as fate labels, 
this is who we are and ever will be. God wants us to give our life faith labels. This is who God says I am and always will be. And how has he labeled us? Firstly, we are never alone or abandoned, for he has labeled us his child. First John 3 states, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. He has labeled us chosen and his priceless masterpiece. He has labeled us loved for all times, as he says in Jeremiah 31, I has loved you with an everlasting love. Moreover, he has labeled us forgiven. Therefore, our past actions do not cement us to a failed future. He has labeled us holy and blameless, for he has chosen us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Furthermore, he has labeled us favored and blessed, as we read in Psalm 84 and 2 Corinthians 9. And that is why we can believe that he has labeled us as more than conquerors, as we read in Psalm Romans 8:37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors who through him who has loved us. Finally, he has labeled us capable of great things, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. These are labels that are further attached to us now that we belonged to Christ Jesus and that cannot be removed by any person. Thus, we, before we read a label another has applied to us or stick a label on our own forehead, we must remember that it is God who defines us, not another person. We may have made mistakes, but they do not cement us to the past, for God gives us wings to fly into a future. Through the power of his Holy Spirit, we are filled with eternal potential to accomplish all that he has created us to be and to do. By his grace, nothing and no one can hold us back. Amen. Amen.